No, uh, it's what you've been doing. What you've been doing. <laughs> what you've been doing. It's total no. We are not doing that. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Geek Chew, a podcast where we talk about... <laughs> you need to stop. <laughs> I, I held it in too long. A podcast where we talk about uh, the pop culture stuff that we like. Yeah. Agreed. <laughs> I'm Eamon. I'm Charlene. And this week we're going to be talking about the uh, last couple episodes of American Gods mm-hmm. and the new... Well, I guess it's not new at this point. Uh, the just concluded miniseries... From Scott Scott. Is it like Scott really Snyder. mini? I know it came out in three books, but they're so yeah, hefty. it's just kind of like a short story divided yeah. into three parts, I guess. Mm-hmm. By uh, well, it, it's called After Death, <laughs> AD After Death. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's written by Scott Snyder. The art is by Jeff Lemire, and they probably worked on the story together. Although I think it, no, I think Scott Snyder wrote it. Okay, whatever. Uh, yeah, whatever. I'm sure he feels whatever about it. <laughs> Look, he wrote it. <laughs> Jeff Lemire did the art, mm-hmm. and uh, it was it was pretty good. But yes, we'll get to that. We will get to that. Uh, so I guess we'll just start off with some other stuff, though. Yeah, what you been doing? <laughs> <laughs> I, I thought we discussed this. <laughs> the not newly titled segment of our show. <laughs> Uh, I don't know. We got a lot of, or I have a lot of Netflix stuff on here. Yeah. Um, we started watching the keepers. We made it through three episodes. Only three. I felt like we made it into four. I don't don't think so. Okay. But it's a documentary about the nun that disappeared. Um, was it in the fifties, sixties, sixties, seventies? No. Must've been the seventies. Cause well, whatever it was, it's about well, the disappearance of an clearly of we're really paying attention. Several, <laughs> uh, you know, murders several, or a couple, two, yeah, but also about um, the the girls from the school and what was going on in the school and re- repressed memories and um, it's a pretty good documentary. Yeah, it's interesting. I feel like it's hammering on. Um, a couple points for a little bit too long, maybe. I don't know. The last episode just kind of seemed to drag about. I mean, it's not that it's not important, you know. No, it's important, but I feel like some of the details that they go into with the story is just, um, what's the term for it when it's like just to like shock people to keep watching? Mm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, when those kinds of details aren't crucial to to the bigger picture. Yeah. But uh, still interesting. I mean, it's yeah. only, you know, it's only a one season thing. We'll probably finish it as soon as we can. <laughs> I don't know when that'll be, but, uh, Hassan Minaj has a, uh, comedy special. Did you and, watch it without me? Yeah. <laughs> huh. I guess that makes sense. I didn't, I didn't know we were, um, I would have watched it sooner. 
like already because I haven't, <laughs> you know. Uh, it was very good. Homecoming King is what it's called. But he's the correspondent from The Daily Show. It starts off a little slow, I thought. But, um, you know, he's a really good storyteller. And so his comedy style is like storytelling. Yeah, just, um, you know, personal experience plus his um, particular, I think, um, point of view on, you know, things like the challenges that he's faced as far as uh, racism in America and, and, and that. And it's also, uh, it's very cool the way it's shot. He's got, you know, the typical um, camera angles that you see in like comedy special, but there's also now and then a, a camera that actually is up on stage where he kind of addresses and looks at that camera and he's got this screen behind him that has all these um, different graphics through a show. It's really good. Okay. Highly recommended. Um, the, the other thing, uh, I'm not sure if you're going to be mad about this <laughs> <laughs> as you're about the comedy special, but I watched war machine yesterday, the, uh, Netflix original movie that just came out with Brad Pitt. Hmm. Nothing. I don't it's, even know what this is. Yeah. Well, so it's Netflix's first kind of foray into the blockbuster movie. You know, they have the other movie coming out later this year with Will Smith. That looks pretty good. Right. Um, I can't remember. Bright. Is that what it's called? I think it starts with a B. Anyway, no, this movie was, uh, it was, it was really good. There's a couple different things going on with the movie. There is this discussion about, you know, how Netflix has really changed TV and now they're branching into movies where they spent 80 or $90 million making this movie. And, uh, the movie industry itself has all these release windows as far as awards. And what is really difficult for me to understand is like, I get it. Netflix has money to spend on these things, but it's not like they're, pulling in money from advertisers right it's just subscription services yeah so, i mean they're also publicly traded i think so there's there's more to their i i guess also i don't know exactly they what have deals is, but. where i mean do people how does it work do networks pay them to show their Stuff you wouldn't think so, right? You would think that Netflix to, would buy they have it, to build their library, yeah. And that's their—I don't know—they've they said they're going to spend like six billion dollars over the next, however, uh, you know. I mean, there's only a limited number of people with access to Netflix. <laughs> uh, like that's yeah, a finite I, number. So, but yes, it is. <laughs> but they—they they must have some kind of plan, right? I, uh, I mean, yeah, clearly. Um, but it's funny, you know, with the, the movies, uh, they submitted a couple to the Cannes Film Festival and then everybody was all in an uproar about because like the release window thing and theaters or movies are supposed to go to the theaters and obviously Netflix movies aren't going to the theaters and uh, it's this whole. Who says movies are quote. supposed to do whatever? That's the annoying. industry <laughs> as far as you know so if it didn't go to the theaters and it's not worthy of the same sort of a well it's i think it's the fact that it's um probably viewed as kind of an unfair advantage for uh the way the netflix model is built but unfair advantage. 
<laughs> but aren't people aren't the people in the academy who vote for these things like part of the business? I don't understand how that makes it an unfair advantage. It's not like the viewer is the is the person voting for these awards. It's not like the everyday person who has access to to see these things. Well, I mean, I'm not saying you have all the answers. <laughs> just you know, discussion. Yeah. I certainly do not. I know that major movie studios are unhappy with the way Netflix <laughs> is going to or plans on, you know, releasing these movies and still being considered um in the same light or in the same way for other mm-hmm. uh, awards and stuff. Uh because it's probably costs Netflix less money maybe to well, release things the way that they release them. Yeah, and it, it- and the, for some reason, the release window thing is a big deal. Um, I listened to a podcast where they talked about it, and it wasn't interesting enough <laughs> for me to, I guess, retain all the details. But <laughs> what was interesting was the movie War Machine. Uh, oh, right. That's how this started. <laughs> but it's, nice uh, it's, I guess... Well, it's loosely based on, uh, you know, the four-star general Stanley McChrystal and the trouble he got in with that Rolling Stone article about seven years ago. I guess it was about seven years ago. Uh, he was tasked to run the war in Afghanistan. And for some reason, they let this Rolling Stone reporter tag along with him and, uh, you know, basically recorded him and his little entourage and how they talk shit about uh, the president and the vice president and <laughs> other leaders and uh, just kind of the article. It's funny. The movie is kind of like a, a, a satire in the same vein as Veep or, uh, you know, where they present these groups of leaders who are supposed to, who you would imagine, uh, you know, whether they're in the white house or running a war, um, would be very adult about, you know, the way they conduct their business and the decisions they make. And, uh, you know, and it is satire. I'm sure like this is not real life, obviously, Oh, I don't know. but it's close. <laughs> and <that's, laughs> That seems to be a problem. Um, but anyway, the movie is, uh, loosely quote unquote based on this story. Uh, the director has talked about how he wanted, um, some leeway as far as, uh, presenting the story. Uh, I mean, I went back and read the Rolling Stone article and it doesn't seem too loosely based. Um, <laughs> except for Brad Pitt, who, who plays the, um, his name is Glenn McMahon, I think in, in the, in the movie. Um, but, uh, he is <clears throat> just kind of peak, Brad Pitt character actor in this. It's he's very physical performance. He's mm-hmm. uh the way he talks, his face, he's got this like they describe him as having like this claw hand, like he was born to be a nineteen fifties general with a cigar in his hand. But he's never has a cigar, but his his hand is always in this claw shape. Uh but he is great. I mean uh I mean, on the level of like Brad Pitt and Twelve Monkeys character actor, like it was mm-hmm. it was good. He was very good in it. It's got Anthony Michael Hall as his uh, kind of second in command. Really? <laughs> yeah. I watched, I watched it with Courtney, and I was like, "Court, you see him? That's the that's the dude from Breakfast Club." And he was <laughs> like, "What?" 
but I mean, the movie itself is 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 really good, and I don't really like a lot of. We don't watch a lot of um, war movies or mm-hmm. um, anything to do with. Uh, you know, soldiers and whatever. I mean, I usually enjoy them when I watch them, but that's probably because we don't watch too many. (laughs) Yeah. And we don't like seek them out. A lot of people, I mean, that's like a a genre that people are really interested in. And it's got, it presents, uh, it's got a lot of, um, it has a definite point of view as far as, uh, you know, the counterinsurgency uh, strategy in, in Afghanistan. And, uh, they do a, a really good job, I think, presenting this story uh, in an entertaining way nice. with a lot of good information, I think. Well, then maybe I will. I would definitely go back and watch go it. Go back and watch it. I mean, we're about to go into um, off season for TV. So. Yeah, I guess sort of, right? No, because it's so different <laughs> now. But I mean, like the the like network shows that I keep up with are all done for the season. Yeah. You know, like speaking of off season TV, the the trailer for Game of Thrones dropped. Yeah. <laughs> so um I don't think we're gonna have the TV time you think we are because we still have to finish Twin Peaks. Right. And the new Twin Peaks is still coming out right. this summer. But can you switch your schedule to be the same as my schedule? Let me think about it. No. <laughs> <laughs> but, All right, just wondering. Um but yeah, so the Game of Thrones trailer. What did you think about the trailer? I mean, whatever. It was fine. Yeah. It it was enough to like make me be excited that Game of Thrones is coming out soon and like to see all the characters and but for us as viewers and knowers of the story, which we're not, I mean, you more than me, but um it didn't give away anything. But then you watch that right. frame by frame, shot by shot analysis with um, Mallory Rubin and uh, Jason Concepcion. And then you're like, oh, and it like they pull in all the details. I mean, it's also their job to to like watch things critically. So that um, makes it, you know, more like then you're like, oh, this this trailer has a lot more in it than just the casual viewer would necessarily notice. Yeah, when I yeah, the fifteen minute breakdown of the trailer was definitely more interesting than the trailer. Was the trailer one minute? Strange because it was one forty nine, I think. But uh I don't know, I because I've I've watched trailers for a lot of things that made me more excited than the trailer for season seven of Game of Thrones. I just thought it was weird. Um but they're probably just saving all the you know yeah, I mean, that's the thing. It's not Game of Thrones like is such a secretive franchise. <laughs> they don't like give, you know, there's yeah. not a, a like the leaking and and stuff like that. That's yeah. you know, they don't they don't give away stuff. They really rely on that shock value for what what could possibly happen from episode to episode. Yeah. Um the only other thing that I had on my um what you doing? No, it's uh, what you been doing. What you been, <laughs> what you been doing? It's total no. We're not doing that. <laughs> Was right. uh, okay. a couple issues of Batman in the Shadow have come out, uh, which is you know crossover between DC and Dynamite, and uh, that sounds cool. Yeah, I don't, I don't know 
that much about the shadow except for Alec Baldwin played him in that movie a long time ago. Mm. Um, but the book itself is, is really good so far. It's written. Well, the story is by Scott Snyder and Steve Orlando. And then the script is Steve Orlando and the art is by Riley Rosmo, the guy who did the art in that Hellblazer run. I think that Ming Doyle was writing. Mm -hmm. Um, the art is really great. I think you would like it a lot. Do you have anything else? No, except for that <laughs> I am determined this week to start on that Allie Smith book that we're reading next. Right. I finished the first part. I don't think it's a chapter. But it's only like, I'm like 20 pages in. So I'm well ahead of you. Is it already very <laughs> Allie Smith? Uh, it's, so you've, you've read more than I have. Yeah. Um, I would say it's less Allie Smith than How to Be Both. Okay. Because I could actually understand <laughs> kind of what was happening so far. Um, but yeah, so I'm not very far into it. Okay. <laughs> and, and we'll see. I wish I knew who I gave my copy of The Accidental to, but we just need another copy. It's hard to find a copy of that. I've Is looked it? like... They're you not want, cheap. Like, okay. I want a cheap, like, just paperback copy, but, like... You want the hard copy, though. You don't want, a um, like, a Kindle version of it. I mean, I guess a Kindle version is fine. <laughs> you, you want that sucker on a bookshelf? Yes. So Like, uh, the, the books that are by, like, my favorites, like, my favorite yeah. writers, I really like to have a hard copy of. Yeah. I don't know why. I just uh, like the feel of paper. Yeah. Yeah. It's understandable. In my opinion. Okay. <laughs> anyway. Good. Uh, so we should talk about American Gods. Yes. We watched episodes four and five. Did we? <laughs> do we Do we have to keep debating? <laughs> I don't know. We talked about it last night. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Yes. So episode four was Get Gone, the uh, kind of life, death, and resurrection of Laura Moon, mm -hmm. um, which I thought was really good. Yeah. Um, the episode... Um, what's cool about that is we don't get that in the book. That's right. Well, that's what I was going to ask you about. Cause my impression from just talking to you was the first three episodes are, um, you know, pretty faithful to the book uh, as far as adaptations go. But episode four seemed like the first huge departure where it's just all this backstory that never really got in right. the book. So for the most part, the main part of, of the story in the book, it, it's Shadow's point of view. So yeah. if he's not there, you're not getting it. I mean, there are little departures here with like Bill Quist scene and, and things like that and some other stuff going on that sort of is like randomly um, interspersed. But anything that like relates to Shadow, we only get his his side. Like, So we don't get the details of what happened with Laura and all the, yeah. the, the, the things that happened along the, the path that, that she took to, to meet back up with him. Yeah. Does it, um, does it change your view of the character from the book? To so the this TV is series? what's interesting because I, so here's my one, I know I'm, I'm, I'm a huge fan of audiobooks, but my one criticism of audiobooks would be, that 
The story you hear is the story that the person reads. So you are getting a little bit of um, of a slant, you know, like from the storytelling. No. Um, just because, you know, the way a sentence is read and, and what where the emphasis is and, and how that person reading is reading the character. No. So. Yeah, I guess that's. I mean, I don't listen to too many audiobooks, but right. it could definitely affect. Yeah. And so while Laura, for me, was not likable in, in the, the book, book yeah. she's really, really not likable in the story for me. She's a lot less. In the, in the TV in show? In the TV show, yeah. Really? Yeah. Like where you're just like, wow, she's just really an asshole. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> and, um. You don't, you don't get that. Okay. Or I didn't get that as much in the yeah. book. However, if I was reading the paper copy, who knows how I would have read read some of the the way those, those sentences came out. And yeah. Were, you know, especially conversation with um with Shadow and yeah, and the way that relationship is. Yeah, I do. Um, I like. Her character, though. Oh yeah, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. In the show, but she's definitely an ass. Yeah. But <laughs> uh, the other, but like the character as a character on the show yeah. is a great character. I think the actress is doing a great job yeah. with with that portrayal. Emily Browning. Um, the other thing I really liked about the episode was um, the scenes with Anubis, especially the the death mm-hmm. scene. And it kind of uh, encapsulates the episode theme, uh, you know, because she's uh, always kind of pursuing trouble and she clearly uh, influenced Shadow and pushed him to this place of non-belief. And the point of the episode, I thought, was that there are consequences for that, right? Mm -hmm. And the the scene where she's supposed to have her heart weighed um, by Anubis and she kind of refuses that and they walk over and he's uh, you know he's basically like all right well you're going to this place of nothingness and it's the tub with the can of get gone <laughs> like mm-hmm. right on the on the ledge from uh, you know earlier in the show where she uh, briefly had decided to try to kill herself. Um, but I don't know. I just I really like the that character of Anubis so far. Mm-hmm. Um, there should be a bigger role with him. Who yeah. knows if it's going to make it into this season or not? Because the way this is rolling along, it's a really slow rollout. Right. So episode five w- was a really good episode. I thought it was very yeah. interesting um, and very well acted and looked great as per usual. But not a whole lot happened. Right. No, I feel like a lot happened. I mean, it starts off with like a six-minute animated um, yeah. story about. So the a, animation in that was was like at first America. kind of cool, and then it was like weird. Yeah. Where, and where then to I, hear the the showrunners talk about it afterwards, and they were they just wanted to get the story in there somehow for some reason. I to me, it wasn't even. Maybe unless it unless it's setting something up for later. But well, to me, it was just another story of a god 
coming yeah. to America. Yeah, I mean, and which we've gotten quite a bit of. Right. Well, that's in the book too, though. Yeah. You have all these little right bits. Um, and so every show, every episode is going to be starting with that. Yeah. So. So does that? I guess does that god come up later then? Because when they were talking about it after the show, it seemed like the god they were specifically referencing wasn't going to be that important to the story, but they still wanted to tell this story and they wanted to save money. So they animated it. Yeah. Um, I don't remember, (laughs) but (laughs) we'll we'll find out together then. Um, I think that there's also, they must have some sort of goal to introduce these little story bits. Um, in in new ways for each episode, so it's not. Yeah, but I, it just didn't do it for me. The 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 animation, right? It was whatever the CG. So, mm-hmm. um, but but as far as the the rest of the episode, I mean, basically, there's this, you know, the uh, episodes three and four both ended in the same place with Shadow opening the door and Laura uh, sitting in his hotel room. And, um, the next good chunk of the show was, you know, picked up from there and their reintroduction. And, uh, you know, I thought, uh, the guy who plays shadow did a pretty good job, uh, conveying the, uh, the shock, but not surprise of, uh, seeing her there and trying to wrap his head around because he still doesn't understand exactly what's going on. Right. Um, you know, with everything around him. <laughs> uh, I mean, the way it played out was, was pretty funny and entertaining. Um, but it was basically their reintroduction and then the arrest and the whole jail scene was not jail. They weren't in jail, uh, interrogation room, wherever mm-hmm. they were, uh, was, was really good. I don't know if you wanted to, yeah, I mean, I don't want to get into too many details, but when you say you don't feel like a lot happened, that one, that whole interrogation room scene is setting up the bigger picture for the entire right. series. So, yeah, there's a lot going on there that's important yeah. to later. Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, you could kind of see, you know, the direction of the show in the first four episodes, but... Um, in, in that, in that room where, uh, Mr. Wednesday and shadow are, are sitting with, um, what's his name? Is tech boy or whatever. What's his name? I don't know. Uh, they call him the tech kid or the tech kid. The yeah. Something. And, uh, media, which is Jillian Anderson this time as Marilyn Monroe, who also showed up as David Bowie. I forgot that scene. Yeah. Uh, but, and then Mr. World, um, comes in and I guess th- First of all, Crispin Glover. Yeah. Super awesome. For um, real. Like, this is like a, a great role for him. And yeah. the fact that the showrunners were like, we need a Crispin Gl- Glover type. And then right. they were like, yeah, well, duh. Yeah, it was interesting so. to them uh, to talk about how they basically, uh, for his entrance, they just recreated the first time they saw him for their, for their meeting. Yeah. Uh, I thought that was pretty funny. And to think, you know, to think that that's, actually kind of how he moves and yeah um that's that's funny but <laughs> <laughs> um but i am interested to see uh you know things like or the new gods like media and 
tech boy or whatever his name is that it's pretty obvious like kind of where they come from but um i assume we'll get more about who mr world is and is that a maybe or you don't remember (laughs) that's a i'm 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 declining to respond oh well that's makes for a good conversation well i don't want to give away too much the story is so good the development of the characters and how they weave together and is so fun to to discover so i don't want to you know like people who seem important who seem unimportant yeah maybe you know that gets all turned around maybe it doesn't maybe it is you know i mean in some cases yes some cases no and this is really just one of my favorite stories of all time and i i want it to 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 feel for you the same way it felt for me when when i got to discover all of the wonderfulness wonderfulness ahead Mm -hmm. (laughs) wonderfulness i thought it was a funny uh exchange between uh mr world and uh, the tech boy when they were leaving and he was, he was like, he's right here. <laughs> Why aren't you just going to kill him? And, uh, you know, the, the rationale mm-hmm. for, for letting him go, even when there's this, um, conflict, mm-hmm. um, it was just really good. I, I really enjoyed obviously episodes four and five. Um, did you have anything else for American gods? No, but like, did you see the, the little Nancy bit? Uh, the handcuff thing? Yeah. yeah. So, like, just comes in. It's not really, like, big or important, but you're like, yeah. Yeah. He's a friend of mine. Yeah. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. Um, so we'll talk about After Death, then. Yes. Let's. Scott Snyder and Jeff Lemire, as previously indicated. Uh, we read um, quite a bit of Scott Snyder stuff. Yeah. That's um, because of you. Not that I mind. Well. He also is prolific. Yeah, I mean, American Vampire, The Wake, you know. Some of our favorites. Yeah, uh, on top of the the Batman stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, And I don't know, uh, I really uh, enjoy reading most of his stuff. Did he write Witches too? Yeah, uh, they actually, yeah. (laughs) Is that coming out again? It is, they're working on their second arc. So Um, good. It is so good. I'm excited about a lot of stuff that he's got coming down the pike. Yeah. So, so this book, well, first of all, it's three books and, you know, to say, I mean, it's definitely a comic book, but the first thing that jumps out at you, which I didn't know they were going to come like this when I put it on our poll at the, at the store, Mm -hmm. but it's the physical copy of it is, um, immediately different. You know, it's like a, an inch bigger, on all si- on both sides. It's like a notebook. Um, yeah, than a regular comic book. Mm-hmm. And it's got this really nice um, paper cover and it's bound. Um, and uh, it's just, it's really uh, a cool thing to hold and read. Uh, so I'm glad we didn't get it digitally. Yeah. Um, but so I guess just as an overview, the story is, you know, the after death thing is before... Um, I don't think I even read like a description of the book. I just knew that I was going to want it. And so I wasn't sure if after death meant was going to mean like what happens after you die, mm-hmm. which is not the case. It's they've, it's a world that they've found the cure for death mm-hmm. and, um, they live in these cycles and you know, you, 
you live through these cycles that last about a hundred years. And then in the next cycle, you basically forget. Your yeah. Past. I mean, I feel like I think the description was that your brain, like while your body doesn't age and you don't, you know, there's no death, your brain still can really only hold about a hundred years worth of memory. Yeah. Remember when we were out with your friends, uh, your younger friends, <laughs> because we're young at heart. We have to <laughs> hang out with people who are much younger than us. And, uh, somebody asked how old I was and I said 36 and they were like, you're almost 40. Yeah. That made that like hurt me inside. That's one way to look at it. Yeah. (laughs) My point is not cool. (laughs) (laughs) But also, uh, maybe we've found the cure. (laughs) Me and you. Yeah. Uh, anyway, I don't know. Someone told me I looked like I was in my mid thirties the other day. So yeah. And they were like, but aren't you in your mid thirties? <laughs> that's and not, the point. And not like, the point. That's not the point at all. It's like, no. Um, <laughs> anyway. Yeah. So, uh, the, like the structure of the book is, uh, well, first of all, it's not a linear story. No. Um, it's I written was like a journal. lost the first, the first book until I read it a second time. I was like, I don't really know what, what just happened. Um, but you're so the way it's set up. There's a lot of prose um, accompanied yes. by pictures, not necessarily um, you know set up like a comic book page. Mm-hmm. And I think th- those are that's what is the journal. Yes. Um, and then what's happening? Although it it, it kind of deviates from this formula a little bit, but basically basically what's happening now. happening after death in this after death world happening now is. Comic form. Comic form. Yeah. In panels. Um, yeah. And and everything else is, is kind of in the prose. Yeah, with the narration. Yeah. From and so you just kind of find out that they all live sort of in a a large area and anything below is just sort of uninhabitable. Right. So um, the main character, this Jonah Cook, mm-hmm. um, is a thief. You right. know, from life and in the the new world let's say um but he has a role to play in the cure and he basically ends up in this what do they call it the retreat or yeah i um, think it's a retreat yeah it's this area they've built that uh so not not the entire world has this cure right it's the people who live in this retreat right and, and everything the else cure is in the water is basically gone yeah so that was one thing that, um, so it's unclear, like, yeah, they've, uh, the it's world below yeah. is, uh, been somehow, uh, it's destroyed itself right? because the, of something. The I way mean, they present that was a little bit disturbing. Yeah. And I also, the one thing, so I really liked these books. I really loved the story, except for the one thing that seemed that there was a bit of a disconnect was how the cure for death sparked the world to retreat from each other and and i don't know basically like annihilate one another and to, and and that throw wasn't... so much poison around that that 
that every like that I didn't understand how one thing would have led to another. That wasn't my impression of of what happened. My impression of what happened was they found this cure for death um, at the same time that the world was kind of falling apart. The way one might feel no, our I... world is falling apart, but the way they described that um, was very real. I thought. It didn't have anything to do with the cure for death. No, I feel like it did. It said the world's starting to, you know, we we had this and then this began to happen. And then, I mean, I'll go back and, and look through because maybe my interpretation just, I guess, was wrong. But, you know, and then. Yeah, I mean, that's just not how I And then it. accidentally somebody messed up and poisoned the whole world, killing everything. Like that just yeah. spread like a disease, but yeah, because uh, of being scared of this cure for death, I don't know. That I don't know either. <laughs> anyway, um, I feel like you know this isn't an, an unreliable narrator story, open ended. Yeah, where, and I know you feel differently about open endings than I do. No, no, that's not true. I, um. So the, you know, it's, it's interesting that the after death, they live through these cycles, but the book is also kind of about the cyclical nature of, of things in general. Mm -hmm. Um, I wasn't upset that the ending was, you know, open-ended and, and kind of let you decide, uh, while that does kind of leave this, um, void. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's something that I'm usually okay with. I just, um, how they got to the end was just a little disappointing and formulaic for me, I think. Oh. Um, yeah. Which, you know, whatever. I, it's not like I could do anything better. I'm just saying, <laughs> like, um, you know, everything about the book was so different up to that point. Mm -hmm. um, and I really, uh, I mean, reading those, the prose stories from, from the main character's childhood, you know, these, these building blocks of, of who he was. Um, that was my favorite part of the book. Probably the story about the balloon, of mm -hmm. uh, his first memory from when he was a kid and the land of milk and honey painting. And what's really interesting is you are reading these memories and then you later find out that he doesn't even remember them. Right. It's really trippy yeah weird you know like he's yeah and that's the, telling himself this was your first memory but it's but in the actu actuality like literally right then in time it's not no um and i like i don't know i just like the presentation how um you know he's he's this master thief and you never really i mean they do describe some some of the things how he stole uh some of the things that he's stolen but uh, how they talk about, you know, why he's a thief, the, the thrill and the challenge, but also, um, he's stealing things to, you know, remember these mm -hmm. things that these pieces of his life. And, uh, the book talks a lot about the, the gap between, um, who you are and, and who you wish you were mm -hmm. and just the, the pain of forgetting who you are and how to hold on to that stuff to, to be who you want to be. I don't know. It was, 
Um, there's a lot in those three books, uh, mm-hmm. so it's hard to boil it all down, I guess. But uh, I really enjoyed it. I did too. Um, did you have anything else for for after death? Nope. Um, I don't think I did either. I mean, I have a lot of notes here, but um, that'll probably do it. Mm-hmm. And uh, we already have our tickets for Wonder Woman on Thursday night. Yes. Which no. is very exciting. Yeah. Um, a lot of good. I mean, I was okay with waiting. Not that I didn't want to see it, because you know how excited I am. I'm just saying. Yeah. I mean, I had to check three different theaters. <laughs> I thought we were uh, ahead of the curve enough. No. Um, it's left really out exciting. In the cold. <laughs> uh, so we won't be going to the theater we usually go to. Um, yeah. But Second best, I though. suppose it's okay. Um, very exciting. But But that'll do it. Everybody should check out our website, geektrue.com. I should really uh, get on writing a blog post. It's really hard, right? It is hard. But I think ultimately worth it. I guess. Once you're done. I I, I don't understand how people post to a blog three or four times a week. How do they? Or every day. Maybe they don't have three kids (laughs) and two jobs. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe they really enjoy writing down their thoughts more than I do. Hmm. Maybe that too. Hmm. Um. They probably can write faster. I mean, I, maybe you write fast. I don't write no. fast. <laughs> no. So that's, uh, that's also roadblock. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, check out what is on our site, <laughs> which is a few blog posts and all of our episodes. Nice. Um, but uh, I guess that'll do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all right. It was fun. It was smart. We liked it. Yes.